That was my werewolf impression. Good morning, good day, and good evening. And good night. Good night. Welcome to the Insomnia Report, episode 51. Woo! Over the hill. Yes, indeed. (laughs) And we have a true crime for you today. Also, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. How neat that it falls on a Sunday this year. Yes. I'm Margo. And I'm Elizabeth. And we are the two friends and roommates that like to talk about the things that keep us up at night. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you've listened before, welcome back. We're so happy to have you. Thanks for listening. So I will go ahead and light the candle. Would you like to tell me, us, everyone, about (laughs) your week? What's been keeping you up at night? (laughs) Um... As I was doing research for this, I ate a whole box of Mike and Ike's, Ooh. and now my teeth feel weird, you know, Uh-oh. when you eat so much candy yeah. at one time. Yeah. But I don't regret it. Yeah. I'm I'm proud of you. And thank you. I saw Dune yesterday mm. with our favorite Timothy He's so hot. Chalamet. I also really like Oscar Isaac. Yeah. He's also really hot. They're yeah. like both really hot in different ways. Right. A different kind of hot. Mm-hmm. Still hot. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent cast. Uh, highly recommend. It was really good. Yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing it. Yes. Yes. We're having a Halloween party this weekend. So, uh, yeah, I just have to decorate a little more and plan out the menu and yeah, clean well, a little bit more. But we, we did a good amount of cleaning. It's just a matter of like... Yeah. Fine-tuning it, because we live here, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, I'm going to be Spongebob and Elizabeth is Patrick. Yes. We'll post a pic. Yes, we will. We haven't done anything on our Instagram in a bit. Yeah. Mostly my fault. <laughs> no. I used to do okay. so well with the tiles, and then I just... Life. Anyway, I know. my it's, bad. It's all good. Happy Halloween. Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> this is what we live for. Yes. This is our season. Yes. The veil is thin, folks. Fa-la-la. La. La-la. Is that a Halloween carol? It was supposed to be like fa-la-la-la-la, but more Halloween-y. Oh. How's your week going? Um. Okay, so last night, maybe it's just because I was home alone doing research, mm. and I was watching a documentary about the person I'm discussing today, and I swear, like, I was just, like, freaking myself out, and then I was in my room... And then my lights turned off. And then I said um, certain Amazon device to, because I don't want to trigger anyone's like whatever. Yeah. I asked her to turn the lights on. And when the lights came on, they were the color green. Ooh. And it was really weird. And I had never had like, I've had the lights like turn off because during the week it like will start to dim at a certain uh-huh. time. So I was like, oh, whatever. 
but it wasn't like the time that it was like such a dim. Oh. And then when they went back on, they were like green. That's so weird. And I thought it was, I've never had that happen before. Wow. So that was That's really weird. I don't, I don't think it was like anything, re- but I was like home alone. Yeah. And I was like, you know, folding laundry, like kind of like already like mm, I should go to yeah. bed, like whatever. And then that happened. So I was like, oh. just going to shrug it off. But, and then today I was listening to a podcast, <laughs> folding uh, like some cardboard boxes to take the, to the recycling. And Elizabeth comes home from work and I didn't hear her come in. And she's like, do you need help? Do you need help? And <laughs> do you need help? And I turn around and I screamed so loud. That's the loudest I think I've ever heard you scream. <laughs> oh my god, you're I like, felt so bad. Well, because you're like, I'm sorry, I had no other way to like, I, I didn't know what to do. I knew you couldn't hear me, so I just had to let me you know. <laughs> and then a creepy thing happened again because I was taking the boxes out to the recycling, and. You know, it takes me a little bit because our recycling bin is shared by a bunch of people that live in our apartment complex. And I was like, you know, breaking down the boxes and making sure they all fit or whatever. And it was raining. And then I turn around and there's this man like standing a couple feet away from me, like leaning against the wall, smoking a cigarette. And he's just staring at me. That's so And it was, I, I just assumed he lived at the same building as us or whatever. But it was just weird because he was just looking at me mm-hmm. but I was holding like a box cutter so I was like okay like I'm safe mm-hmm. you know like he knows that I have something so it's not like he, he was slash whatever yeah but it was just that creeped me out not like I got a creepy vibe from him per mm-hmm. se but it was just like the fact that I didn't hear him yeah and he was staring at me and his cigarette was like close to being done mm-hmm. so it's not like you know he was just I was it was just weird that's weird so I was like hi and then I ran yeah. Well, next time you go down, I'll go with you. Thank you. But I don't know. And it was also raining and dark and it was just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Spooky. That's really. Anyway. Creepy so that, men. Mm-mm. That kept me up and you scared me, but it's okay. It's been a rough day. It's been a I rough mean, that's day. what I ha- get for having my back to the door listening to a podcast with noise canceling headphones. Like I'm setting myself up, you know, but whatever. It's fine. You, your face, were, you were like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it was also really funny. So. I mean, it was funny. You caught me at a vulnerable moment. Um, it's I fine. I, it's fine. I'm alive. We're fine. Okay. Alrighty. Would you like to tell me a story? Yes, I would. First of all, I'd like to ask you a question. Ooh, I love it when we do this. What is your favorite Halloween candy? Oh. Um, Reese's pumpkins. Oh yeah. Not like pumpkin flavored Reese's, but the Reese's peanut butter cups that are shaped like a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Do you think the pumpkin shape makes them taste different? I think they taste better. Yes. Same with like mm. the Easter eggs. Yeah, I think they have like more peanut butter. In I them. think so. Yeah, yeah. It's just. Mm. 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 I, yeah. yeah. Those are my favorite. Yeah, definitely those. No, mm. no doubt. No mm. doubt. Mm-hmm. What's your least favorite? I guess like black licorice. Okay. Or those um. What are those candies that look like pills? It's like pink on top and white on the other side. They're oval. I think they're black licorice. I think that's... Oh, good and plenty? Yes. I don't like those. I have a box of those in my room right now. (laughs) Why? I used to love them. Like in high school, I would bring them to every movie 
when I got some movie candy when I went to see Dune and I saw them and I just had a rush of nostalgia. I was like, maybe, maybe I'll still like them. And I do, but not as much. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They were always at my grandparents' house and like I would eat them because I was there, but Mm. I was never like, yes. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like I'll eat black licorice, but it's like I avoid it. Like I'm not picky. Mm -hmm. I like all candy. But I go through, like, phases, but always 100% Reese's. Yeah. Like, ride or die. And then everything else is just a bonus. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. I would say Reese's are my favorite, too, in any form. Yeah. Uh, I always used to get a ton of Almond Joys for some reason. Oh, I love Almond Joys. And I do like those. Yeah. Mm. Uh, But I don't like those um, dots. Not not dots, dots, but they're on a paper. You know, you, like, peel them off. Yeah. Uh-uh. No, no. I just could never get the paper all the way off. Yeah. And you eat the paper. I remember I, I had a, for my birthday one year, like someone got me a make your own dot thing. Mm. And I remember I slaved away making them. And then my brothers ate all of them. Oh. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> Obviously, I'm over it. Obviously. <laughs> just like the, the Parby Dream House. Uh, anyway. I know. Also, those flavored Tootsie Rolls I'm really into. Oh, me too. Like the vanilla ones. Yeah. And the orange ones. I like the orange ones. Those are really good. I can't ever find them like on a regular. Yeah. They're only like you get them in a a party mix or like when Mm. people throw candy at you at a parade. Yeah. Where do they get them from? I don't Hmm. know. Anyway. Is this the story of the candy man? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know about the candy man? Um, Maybe. Well, I just, I, I don't know. I was thinking, like, what's spooky? And we're talking about candy. Yeah. Did I ruin it? You can edit No, no, that no. Out. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you, she, she just unhinged her neck, like, all the way back and looked up at the ceiling. And I could just hear her silently say, oh. <laughs> no, no. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you just generally know more about true crime than me, so. Yeah, it says I, a lot. But like, yeah. you can't, like, name a case and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I've heard that, like, probably not unless yeah. you've told me about it so where yeah it's okay it's okay it's okay. okay i don't know like much about it but i know a little bit but mm-hmm. it'll be it's fine okay okay so we're going to deer park texas yeah which is in southeast texas uh it has a current population of thirty three thousand four hundred seventy four. it's a pretty good sized town nice calls itself the birthplace of texas or texas won its independence from mexico in 1836 and they signed a treaty near there. Hmm. So the more you know. And it's 1974 in Deer Park. And we're going to get to know the O'Brien family. Okay. So the father is Ronald Clark O'Brien. Ronald. The mother is... I'm going to say this wrong. Danine. D-A-Y-N-E-N-E. Danine O'Brien. I'm just going to go with that. Diane? Maybe. Like a weird spelling of Diane. Danine is is lovely. That's a nice name. I've never heard it. You know what? I'm just going to go with it. Okay. I'm just going to go with it. Okay. We'll call her D. Big D. We'll call her D. <laughs> and they had two children, Timothy, who was eight, and Elizabeth, my namesake, mm. who was five. Hi. Ronald was an optician and... In his free time, he was involved in the church, he was a deacon, and he was in the choir. 
a musical man. And he also ran the local bus program, whatever that means. I don't know if that's public transportation or school buses. I, I don't know what that means. But he got people around. He, yep. He, he, he didn't get around, he but mover, he got people around. There's a difference. Yes, exactly. Now it is Halloween Ooh. of 1974. Ooh. And Ronald... Every time you say Ronald, I think of Ron Weasley. Ronald. Ronald. Ronald, uh, who I forgot to mention was 30. Okay. D- young, young dad. Yeah. Uh, Ronald and Danine and Timothy and Elizabeth, they went to their neighbor's house, the Bates, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Bates, and they all had dinner together and it was nice and neighborly and suburban. Did your, Was your dad there? Carrying around a, a some brews, uh, booze and brews. No, I missed that. My dad used to brew a beer for Halloween and pull it around the neighborhood in a wagon with a ghost costume on the keg. I love that. And then everyone in the neighborhood would bring like wings and sausages and follow it around. But that's illegal. Oh. <laughs> um, so it's okay. Yeah. It was a good time. It's it was good. It was it's good. Only illegal. I didn't drink caught. it. I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, so after they had dinner, they all went trick or treating in Pasadena, Texas, which is nearby. Mm. And it was Ronald and Jim, and they took the kids, as dads do. Right. Timothy had a Planet of the Apes costume on. And Elizabeth was a princess. Aw. So cute. cute. However, it was raining. Yeah. So they Put the damper on things. Yeah. They couldn't really stay out too long and they didn't hit up too many houses. Ugh, that was always the bummer. worst. Yeah. It's I know. Best night of the year when you're a kid. They arrived at one house where the lights were off. And the kids rang the doorbell, but no one opened the door after a few minutes. So... They went on ahead to the next house. Okay. And Ronald stayed behind for a second and caught up with them at the next house. To their surprise, he said that the person at the house did, in fact, open the door after a while and gave him five of those giant pixie sticks, the 21-inch long plastic ones. Have you ever had one of those? Yeah. Yeah. Pure sugar. It's a lot of sugar. Pure sugar. (laughs) Um. Here's some yeah. fun facts about pixie sticks. Thank you. So nice. Do you like pixie sticks? Um, Another thing that I don't like, re- I did a lot as a kid and mm-hmm. now it's again like I, I don't think I could, I think I would crash. Yeah. Like I'd probably get diabetes <laughs> if I were to attempt to have it again or my teeth yeah. would just fall out. Same. I'm it's not like built like that anymore. Direct sugar. Right. I don't like how the paper ones get soggy. Yeah. Too. That's why you just eat it fast. Yeah. You're just right. You're dump right. it all in. <laughs> Throw it back. Unhinge and just. <laughs> uh, pixie sticks. Okay. So I apparently the singular of pixie sticks is pixie sticks. Oh. So like I have a pixie sticks, but that just sounds wrong to oh, me. Oh, because it's spelled with an X. Yeah, so I I'm guess. just gonna say pixie stick. Thank I, you. Because I, like I would I would probably twitch every time. Yeah, you... <laughs> I don't like that. Okay, so big old pixie stick. Yeah, big pixie sticks. They were invented by a company called Sunline in St. Louis. I thought they were made by Willy Wonka. 
Unfortunately, no. Sad. The concept started in 1942, um, actually from a drink mix, like a powdered drink mix. Oh, like Kool-Aid. Yeah. And so it was a, made by this company called J. Fish Smith. Yeah. And it was called Fruzola Jr. <laughs> Cute. But the kids were just eating the packet, like the drink packet. And so um, they made it into a candy and called it Lickamade. L-I-K-M-A-I-D. Okay. Like, not very, doesn't roll off the not tongue really very catchy. well. Like a maid, but, you The know. kids didn't care. They were just like, ma. Yeah. I want the sugar. And then, uh, so then Fruzola, this company in St. Louis, became Sunline, and then they started to manufacture it. And in 1959, they started putting it in straws, and they called it Pixie Sticks. Hmm. And then a while later, Lickamade, they changed it up and put it in like a little packet uh, with a candy stick. And then it became Fun Fun Dip. dip. Yeah. Wait, I I found a Valentine's Day themed Fun Dip when I was cleaning my room. And I was like, I don't know when this is from because (laughs) anyway, I'm going to still eat it. I mean, sugar do it. No, it won't go bad. No, it's fine. There are always things I could put in my body. Yeah, no, fun dip is fine, and I but I didn't realize it's the same thing as pixie sticks, which like makes sense. Yeah, it's just in a different format. You just get a spoon of sugar, like a it's literal like the like, sugar. It's made yeah. of sugar thing that you dip it in. Right, exactly. It's genius. Yeah, it's it is. You're right. It is. Okay, so back to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so the Ronald gives them these giant pixie sticks, and the kids are like, "No way, that's awesome!" And they <laughs> take the sticks from him. Uh, each kid got one. There were four kids. And then when they got closer to home, Ronald saw a boy he recognized from their church and he gave him one too. Aw, sharing. So after they got home, I'm not sure if they like sorted the candy. Did you Did you always sort your candy? Of course or, like, I did. It? I, yeah, oh, yeah. I actually kept like stock, you know. I would actually <laughs> count. Yeah, I took inventory. I would count. And yeah. Oh, yeah. That was probably my favorite part. Yeah, that is the most fun part. I used to get so much candy. I miss that. Not the, like, I don't think I could eat that much candy at this point in my life, but like, just like knowing that you have that much. Yeah. And you get to discover what's in there. I know. And you get so to, fun. you get to see your hard work pay off. Mm-hmm. It's just so much fun. I it's loved so it. Fun. It was, oh, it was a good nice. time. Well, if we ever have kids when they're really little, the parents just eat all the candy anyway, so. Right. Yeah. Works out. You and I are going to take our kids, <laughs> and we're also just going to dress up and be like, move aside, like <laughs> Agatha, whatever you're going to name your, like Bernice or something, <laughs> Gertrude. Yeah. Steal her little pumpkin. <laughs> Give me that. It's mine. <laughs> it's your tax for being a child. <laughs> Living under my roof. Yeah. No, God, no. Okay. Um. Anyway. Whoa. <laughs> mm. So Timothy asked before he went to bed if he could have a candy nightcap, if you will, a little pre-bed candy sampling. Sure. And his parents agreed. So uh, he decided to eat the giant pixie stick. Which, like, right before bed. Ooh. Yeah, but also if it's, like, I only get one candy, yeah. I'm going to be smart about it. True. Got to maximize. Uh, 
but Timothy had trouble opening it, and then inside the sugar was kind of clumped together, so Ronald rolled it up for him, like, between his hands to kind of unstick it, and then actually poured it into Timothy's mouth. See, that would be a red flag to me if it's, like, (laughs) sticky. Right. It's supposed to be powdery. That's gross. Right. Why is it clumping together? Yeah. And then... Is there a leak? Right. Did it... Yeah. Is there a hole in it? I don't know. Ew. But then Timothy was like, ew, this tastes really bitter. Oh, no. And so then Ronald gave him Kool-Aid to wash away the taste. What color Kool-Aid? I don't know. Did he... Wait. Was it Kool-Aid, but he used the rest of the pixie stick in water? Oh, probably not, but I don't know. I imagine the red Kool-Aid just because the Kool-Aid man is red Kool-Aid. Yeah, red is like the default Kool-Aid. Right. Is that strawberry or cherry? I don't know. Irrelevant. It's just red. It's red. Red flavor. Fruit punch. Um, So immediately after he ate this pixie stick, Timothy started to say that he had a stomach ache oh no and he ran to the bathroom and he started throwing up and like convulsing oh no and ronald said that he like was holding timothy while he was while this was happening to him and then he went limp oh no ronald they called an ambulance to take him to the hospital but timothy died on the way no it was less than an hour after he ate the pixie stick oh snickerdoodles i know it's so sad that's so sad such a little kid too oh so the neighborhood was like freaking out obviously because they're like someone poisoned the halloween candy right and so the parents in the neighborhood started giving their kids candy to the police like oh that sucks you know yeah Oof. but i i mean you know you can't know for sure i would probably do that if that happened too well yeah it's like i'd rather i'll go buy you some candy mm-hmm. it's not as fun but i'd rather you have no fun than be no alive mm-hmm. i guess yeah and the parents they all said stuff like you know we thought that we were like always being careful with like stuff that our kids got and stuff yeah but there really isn't any way to avoid that i guess um so they were like really freaked out a former county prosecutor named mike hinton got a call from the police department in pasadena texas and they told him an eight-year-old died uh, after eating this poison candy and so hinton called the medical examiner and told him what happened and he asked the medical examiner what the young man's breath smelled like oh which like oh god you know like, Ew. oh i don't mm. i want to smell a, a dead child's breath i know and so the medical examiner said that his breath smelled like almonds oh no and so that's how they knew that it was cyanide yes i mean like not yet like victor yeah. but oh my oh yeah. god oh no it's horrible so the police ended up recovering four out of five of the pixie sticks that the children got and none of them had eaten it thankfully um but the fifth child 
his parents like were just like freaking out because they couldn't find it and after the police were like hey like your kid has this pixie stick and it's poisonous or whatever and they like were looking through his candy and they couldn't find it and they went upstairs and they found him just fast asleep and he was holding the pixie stick but it was unopened (gasps) because he couldn't get the staples out that closed it oh my god so he was like literally just like holding it I would have pooped myself. Like, I know. I, I would so have he fainted. was fine, but it's like so close to something. So, oh my god! Mm, Holy yeah. cow! So then they gave that one to the police as well. Well, good. And <laughs> yeah, and they found that all five of them had been opened, and the top two inches were filled with cyanide powder, and then resealed, like stapled shut. Oh dear. Who the. F- who, what kind of a person would do that to a child? That's so sick. It's horrible. It's horrible. So the pixie stick that Timothy consumed had enough cyanide in it to kill two full-grown adults. Jeez. And the other pixie sticks had enough to kill three to four adults. Holy no. Yeah. It was, it's just, oh, I mean, that's, it's horrible. That's awful. So the police started to get suspicious of Ronald because, as I said before, it had been raining, so they hadn't gone to very many houses. Yeah. And Ronald told the police he didn't remember where which house it was that he got them from. Okay. And so um, the police visited all of the houses, but they learned that none of them had given out pixie sticks. Hmm. So Ronald led the police around the neighborhood and they ended up at that house that he said they opened the door after the kids left and gave him the pixie six. Oh yeah, no, he's he's sus. Yeah. So he said what happened was the whoever was inside the house cracked open the door and just held out the pixie sticks to him Ew. it's like really weird that's also a, that's like a horror movie in its own like nose for act too it's just like <laughs> yeah, yeah like you go creepy hand like no i'm not taking that who are you seems legit <laughs> and he said he only saw the man's arm which looked hairy oh so it was a werewolf i guess okay i guess okay the owner of the house was a guy named courtney melvin courtney who was an air traffic controller okay However, he hadn't, he did not have hairy arms. He, I don't know about the hair on his arm. <laughs> Cannot confirm. But he was at work till 11 p.m. that day. Oh, so he was cleared. Yeah. So he, and there were multiple people who like confirmed that he was at work. Right. Like if he clocked so. in, sure. Yeah. So it couldn't have been him. And additionally, so Melvin's, Courtney, Courtney Melvin's wife and daughter were home at the time, but they ran out of candy, so they turned out the lights early. Makes sense. Yeah. Another weird fact about what happened with Ronald and Timothy was that at Timothy's funeral, Ronald got really mad at his family members because they didn't stay up that night. Apparently, Ronald wrote a song about Jesus and how Timothy was joining Jesus in heaven a performance of it was broadcast on tv and he was like upset that his family didn't stay up to watch it this is not about 
you <laughs> trying to make it as a, I know. a religious singer. I know. Ew. Ew. <laughs> I don't like Ronald. So like a strange response after your son has just passed away. First of all, why are you broadcast like why are you in a state to write a song know, right? and no yeah that doesn't so, add up it's strange i mean everyone grieves in their own way mm-hmm. but i don't know about that so the police were like okay something's up with ronald and they looked into him and they learned that he was a hundred thousand dollars in debt i thought you were gonna say years old for a sec oh, i don't know why a hundred thousand years old <laughs> oh my god <laughs> he was a vampire Oh, shit. Just kidding. This is not... Uh, this, where was that? Rhode Island? Yeah. This is not Rhode Island. <laughs> this is Texas. <laughs> they don't have vampires there. Well, this is not Mercy's story. I can't I can't confirm or deny that. Anyway, um, so $100,000 in 1974 was about $520,000 in <sighs> today's value. That's not... That's a lot of change. Yeah. And Ronald... Couldn't really hold down a job. No. So he tried to make it as a country, uh, a religious singer. Exactly. I see. <laughs> uh, in the past 10 years, he had 21 jobs. Ooh. And he was about to get fired from his current job as an optician because he was suspected of stealing. Come on. Yeah. So it wasn't looking good for him. Also, his car was going to be repossessed. Oh, wow. He defaulted on a few different bank loans, Oof. and the his house had been foreclosed on. Okay. So not, not looking good. Yeah. He was in deep doo-doo. Yes, as one would say. Yes. And so how did he try to solve this catastrophe of his financial condition? by being a dick he took out life insurance policies on his children what a sick son of mm. go yeah. on go on so in january of that year he took out two life insurance policies one for each of his kids worth ten thousand dollars each and in january in january of 1974 okay so he had been thinking about this for a mm-hmm. while okay mm. I can't even, like, imagine. Like, it's, knowing that the whole time your father had been thinking about your death is, like... I you're a poor, innocent child. Like, ugh. Yeah. Oh, my God. And in today's value, that's around a little bit over $52,000. Each? Each. Ugh. Not worth it. And then at the end of September that year, he took out more life insurance policies on both children this time for $20,000 each. Mm. And his life insurance agency was like, don't do that. Right. But he did it. He did it. And then in the few days before Halloween, he took out another $20,000 on each child. So they all totaled $60,000. Okay. In life insurance policies. His wife said that she didn't know about this. Oh, uh, D. And turns out that the morning after Timothy died, Ronald called his insurance company to ask about collecting on the policy <gasps> that he take out, took out. On that Timothy. soon after? Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, like 
I mean, not that that's like a good thing or whatever, but like that's so suspicious. Like, right. If you're going to do that, like why would you? Not that he, I mean, I'm glad he did it because it's suspicious, but like it's not very smart. No. Well, he doesn't. Well, none of it's very smart. Okay. See, things like this horrify me because it's like, who the hell did I marry? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like when, when family, like when a family member snaps on the other family, it freaks me out because it's like you, yeah, you're with someone that you're supposed to love and trust, and then mm-hmm. me too. It's like that. This happens a lot with like, like fathers killing the entire family because mm-hmm. like they feel like they're better off because anyway, anyway it's, it's a whole horrible. thing. But oh my yeah. god, no, it's horrible. It's horrible. Ugh. Um, Ronald, I hate him. Me too. So the police also learned that that month Ronald went to a chemical store in Houston to buy cyanide. Okay. But he didn't leave with anything because the smallest amount available to purchase was five pounds. And that was too much. Oh. So um, the police were like connecting the dots and we're like, okay, um, yeah, this all seems to add up to something here. Right. And don't forget that he also gave pixie sticks to other kids, too. So they thought that he did that to try to cover it up. So it seemed less targeted. I see. But Ronald never admitted to anything. He always was like, no, no, I wouldn't do that. Like, I'm innocent, you know. Okay. So then the police got a warrant and they searched his house. Oh, no. And they found some scissors and I mean, we have scissors yeah but the scissors had plastic residue on them oh well that's different. which was similar to the plastic on the pixie sticks i see so they were like okay this is uh this is pretty seems, seems red-handed like, yeah legit we got you so they arrested ronald good and they started to learn more and more about about this man he was going to classes in community college and I assume they were like chemistry classes or something because he would ask his professor things like, what's more lethal, cyanide or another type of poison? Oh. Okay. He's being very mm-hmm. obvious that he's like, yes, I would like to murder someone. Okay. So they never actually did find out where he bought the cyanide from. Okay. But they did... As I said, they arrested him on November 5th, 1974, and he was indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder Wow! for each pixie stick. He pleaded not guilty, and there was a trial in May of 1975. Ronald kept saying it wasn't him, and he said the candy came from some evil stranger in the neighborhood it who was, was trying to poison people. Himself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he got the nickname the Candy Man, and like all his friends and family testified against him. Mm. So, womp womp. Yeah. On June 3rd, 1975, a jury took 46 minutes to decide that he was guilty for capital murder and attempted murder. And then they decided he would be executed for that. Oh. Because it's Texas. Right. And they have the death penalty still. Mm hmm. Additionally, uh, I'm going to rewind a little bit. During the testimony, 
Ronald's sister-in-law and brother-in-law testified that at Timothy's funeral, he talked about using the insurance money to take a long vacation and buy expensive things. What an asshole. And his wife, Dee, said that Timmy, Timothy, Timmy, I can't, I keep talking about Timothy Chalamet and I call him Timmy. So now I'm like, right. But I, I want to call this guy, this kid Timothy, because that was his name. Right. Um, so Ronald said that Timothy chose to eat the pixie stick, but his wife says actually that Ronald chose it for him and that he, as I said, like poured it down his throat. Oh. After this, his wife divorced him. Well, thank <laughs> good. Yeah. And she actually got remarried, which like, I don't know. I don't think I could ever trust a man again after this, but like, I'm happy for her. I'm you glad know. she found someone. Yeah. Ooh. And so he went to prison near Huntsville, Texas. I don't know where that is. I don't know anything about Texas. And because he, like, murdered his own child, Ronald was really, really hated by the inmates. Well, yeah, not just the inmates, but... (laughs) Yeah, and, like, no one was his friend, and... Don't feel bad for him, though. They, the inmates wanted to have a demonstration on the day of his execution to just express how much they hated him. Wow. Yeah, so they really hated him. Yeah. Extra hate. Yeah. He had a bunch of execution dates that came and went because they would petition to prolong it and whatever. But... I don't get how it works. Yeah, me neither. On... On March 31st, 1984, so 10 years after he killed his son, Ronald was executed by lethal injection. Mm. And his last meal was... Was a pixie stick. Ah! No. Was it? Oh. (laughs) No, but that that would be ironic. His last supper was steak, french fries, peas, and Boston cream pie. Okay. You know what they should have done? Hmm. He should have died by a pixie stick filled with cyanide. Oh, my God. You know? Literally a taste of his own medicine. Yeah. Whatever. Right. As he was being executed, people gathered outside the prison and wore Halloween masks and yelled trick-or-treat. That's kind of creepy. Yeah, I know. But (laughs) clever. There were like 300 of them. Ooh. Um, uh, And then... There, I guess there were anti-death penalty demonstrators that came, and they threw candy at them. Oh. Okay. It's like, oh, okay. Can't we all... Oh. Um, Ronald still maintained his innocence to the very end. He said that he felt the death penalty was wrong. I mean, so do I, but yeah. He killed his own child, you know. Yeah. That's a, that's a very... That's a level mm-hmm. of effed up. Yeah. He said in his last statement, I forgive all, and I do mean all, those who have been involved in my death. God bless you all, and may God's best blessings be always yours. Oh, how sweet. Mm-hmm. Gross. Give me a cavity. Goodbye. <laughs> so that's the story of the Candyman, and I just want to talk really quick about these urban legends of poison candy. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you've probably heard these before. I've heard them. Oh, yeah, I have. Where parents are like, be careful. Like razor blades or... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
it's like the common theme is like there are these evil strangers out there who are gonna poison your candy halloween candy and like you said put like razor blades in them or whatever and apples or something or needles or broken glass and because they want to harm children however there have been no real cases of this like ever documented except except for this one but it wasn't a stranger it was his own father right and a lot of the time this will pop up when a child dies around halloween Uh. but usually the cause of death is not something from eating candy it's other things okay like crimes murder or accidental deaths or medical conditions or something accidents are like the number one cause of child death that's so sad i learned that in my um great like cpr class or something oh my god cool that's sorry that's horrible you can add that out it's not a fun (sighs) fact oh my god sometimes if you tell a child about this kind of thing um they'll imitate it and like put stuff in their candy what pretend it was a stranger apparently it's called the copycat effect oh hmm i would not think to do that i would think like get me away from that yeah i don't know why kids do it maybe they like attention or something probably attention yeah so this urban legend of people poisoning halloween candy first came about during the industrial revolution oh and before that people would make food and candy and stuff like in their home or they would know who made it for them like in their community and once things started becoming you know they opened factories and things like that it was coming from somewhere else sure and there were a lot of doctors who were claiming like that this candy was causing children to be very ill and poisoned however it was n- normally not the case. There was no evidence of like awful poisons in these candies at the time. But it was due to other things like, I don't know, indigestion or other foods that were off. Sure. But there was this belief that it was actually the candy and doctors also spread that story. Mm. In the 60s, these also became popular stories to tell kids and other people because it was a time where things were being shifted around in society. Women were entering the workforce, becoming more equal. Uh, There was racial integration, things like that. And so people were like, we have these new neighbors. We can't trust them kind of thing. Sure. Scholars call this a rumor panic where Halloween became a place where people could express their or release social tensions. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. But like I said, there's really no evidence at all of this happening, Mm. like ever. That is interesting. Um, And however, it's led to certain alternative events like church trick-or-treating you know like safe trick-or-treating okay. um, things like that there there is one case in 1959 there was a dentist named william shine in california who that gave, is a great name i know for a dentist i know it's amazing he 
gave trick-or-treaters candy-coated laxative pills. What a... Okay. No. You, you Like, not cool. Not cool. That's not cool. Was Didn't it because he was like an evil dentist that was like, see, <laughs> you shouldn't have had the candy. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha Maybe. But you'd think he'd want him to have candy so he could have more business. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Some people are... Another incident happened in 1964 when a woman in Long Island gave trick-or-treaters packages of objects including steel wool, dog biscuits, and ant poison. How sweet. They're practical things. And she gave these to the children she thought were too old to be trick-or-treating. Oh. Rude. Yeah. Let them have fun. You know, like you're only a kid once. Yeah. What a ew, ew. I don't like her. Yeah, I know. The hype also came back after the Chicago Tylenol murders. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. And um, nowadays that nowadays they warn parents to watch out for edibles (laughs) and their kids candy. But like, why would you give those away? And in 2000. There was a guy in Minneapolis who put needles in Snickers bars that he gave to trick-or-treaters. Oh. But it didn't really hurt anyone. I mean, not that that makes it better, but... Well, um, I'm thankful that no one, like, accidentally swallowed it or... Oh, my God. Yeah. But, like, aside from these very random, very sporadic cases, there's really no basis They're very, very claims. far and few between, mm-hmm. but I see. Almost all cases where someone's candy is tampered with involve a friend or a family member and it's usually like a joke no child has ever been killed by eating halloween candy from a stranger Mm, good because most of the candy is from strangers yes and yeah that's it that's so you know like you know go through your kids candy but like you probably don't have to be super concerned about it. That's it. Well, rest in peace, Timothy and oh, I Ronald. Know. I hate you. Yeah, that sucks. That's a different level of messed it's, up. It's so horrible. Messed up. Your own child. Your own child. Unimaginable. Ugh. All right. Are you ready for mine? Yes, I am. Okay. So the thing about watching a horror movie is you can always turn away and reassure yourself it's only a movie, it's just Hollywood stitching together lighting, special effects, and an eerie score to play a psychological component. In horror movies, the purpose is to make us feel fear, even when we watch films that, you know, say based on or inspired by a true story, we can walk away from it knowing that it's simply fiction. And when the film is over, we can continue on with our day. But today, I will be telling you of a man who I would say is stranger than fiction. He inspired the works of Norman Bates... Norman Bates. The Bates Mm -hmm. Motel. Norman Hitchcock's Psycho. The 1971 Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the character Buffalo Bill in The Silence of the Lambs. Great. So this is none other than Ed Gein. Mm. And I'm going to throw a disclaimer, as we often do during True Crime Day. 
But if you have a weak stomach or are sensitive to gore, I'm given a heavy listener's discretion. Um, I'm not messing around. I watched a documentary and I was eating dinner and I could not finish my meal. Oh, no. I'm going to give a warning before anything goes crazy and I try to go through it quickly. Thank you. So just because I, no one needs to hear that, you mm, know. Mm-hmm. So who is Ed Gein? He's very well known, but for the we're, let's dial back a bit and I'll introduce his family and, and, you know, how he came to be. So George Philip Gein, Ed's father, had a sad beginning. George grew up in a normal farming family in Coon Valley, Wisconsin. They were poor, but things were steady, and they seemed to get by. One day in the 1880s, George's family left to go trade at a market and to sell some things, uh, pick up supplies, and George stayed behind to take care of the chickens. So his mom, dad, and sister all left for the market. However, the family never returned home because they had unfortunately been swallowed by the Mississippi River during a flood, and they all drowned. Oh, my God. That's so sad. It is very sad. So George became an orphan and grew up sad and lonely, according to a source. I didn't, but I'm sure it was. And that was an expert from a book written by a man named Paul Anthony Woods. George was raised by his grandparents, but a source also said that he grew up in a home that was grim and loveless. When George got older, he met a woman named Augusta, who was a hardcore German Lutheran. I'm I'm not sure how they met. Not sure if they were ever in love, Mm -hmm. but they married in 1899 or 1900. Some sources kind of vary. But George was around 24 and Augusta was 19. So Augusta, okay, I have a coworker named Augustine, so I want to say, but Augusta Wilhelmina was a God-fearing woman. I love the name Wilhelmina. That's nice, yeah. She was the daughter of German immigrants and she was one of eight children. Some sources say that she was abused growing up. In summary, she wasn't much of a looker, but she was a strong woman and she was a handsome woman. Mm. Very stern. Uh, Some would describe her as cold and domineering. And I think in a past life, she could have been an ox because they're all like, she was strong (laughs) like an ox. Um, Like one article talked about how she had like really big calves and she was just like very, Very not burly, but yeah, stocky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, so that was that was Strong her. German so woman. she she wasn't, you know, pretty, but she mm-hmm. like, you know, she did the farm thing, yeah, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Augusta hated her husband. Oh, and she, despite this, refused to get a divorce because of her religion. That's so sad. I know. But she found that George was an alcoholic, and it was hard for him to keep a job. Oh, Which is no. why you should live with someone before you... Mm. Anyway, it was a different time. George and Augusta had a son named Henry, and a couple of years later, they would have another son, Edward Theodore Gein. Ed Gein was born in La Crosse County, Wisconsin, on August 27th, 
1906. While living in La Crosse, the family ran a grocery store, but eventually moved to Plainfield, Wisconsin, to a 155-acre farm in 1915. Augusta raised the boys in a very strict household. As mentioned, she hated her husband, and she would verbally abuse him um, and the boys, saying that George was worthless, and she wouldn't let him have any part in raising the boys. Wow. She was very misogynistic, and she would read the boys' specific passages in the Old Testament and books of Revelation each afternoon. She hand-selected things very specifically. The verses that she picked centered around death, murder, and retribution. What the heck? Oh, my God. Like, in- instead of, like, hope and salvation, no. Oh, my God. No. Like, we're going wow, to okay. talk about the intense stuff and, like, you know, humans are whatever. Uh, she also hated women. As mentioned, she was misogynistic. Oh. She thought women were all evil whores. All of them were promiscuous prostitutes, like they will lure you in. Sex was inconceivable. Lustin's desire, sinful. And she also said that women were instruments of the devil. Did she think she was an instrument yeah, of the was, devil? Yeah, she was fine. She was, uh, she was <laughs> okay. every other woman. Every other woman. Okay. She, she hated them. She could not. Oh, my God. She was just like, they're evil. Like she, she even made her boys like promise one day, like promise me you will always stay a virgin. What? She, I don't, I don't know. That's messed up. It's incredibly messed up. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it was also said that, uh, Augusta picked the rural home when they moved to Plainfield to avoid outside influence on her children. So she didn't want them interacting with neighbors or like anything. Who is this lady? She's sick. Um, They were only allowed to leave the home for school. Ed was shy, but whenever he did try to make friends, he was punished. So when he would come home and talk about a friend that he made in class, he he would get yelled at. And so then he would come back to school and, like, not even make eye contact with whoever he was trying to be friends with. It breaks my heart. That's so sad. Like... You don't have to keep this an unpopular opinion. I actually feel really sad for Ed Gein. Like, yeah. I feel really sorry for yeah. him. I mean, how else do you become a monster? Like, the like, things he did are horrendous, traumatic. but they're so... I, I feel so sad for him. Yeah. And normally, people are like, oh my god, he... Like, yes, what he did was horrible mm-hmm. and unimaginable, but I feel really bad for him. Yeah. I mean, as a child. Yeah. Like, oh. Um, he was, you know, a little odd... But he did do pretty well in school, and he especially excelled in reading. He really enjoyed reading. And people could recall him kind of being socially awkward, and at times he would have random laughing bursts, saying he was laughing at his own inside jokes with himself. Oh, my which God. Which is actually also really sad. Oh. I know. He was unfortunately a victim of bullying. He was kind of an easy target for mm. it. And one day he came home from school crying because the kids were making fun of him. And his father apparently, you know, at at the sight of his tears, beat him until his ears <gasps> would ring. What? So. That's horrible. Yeah. Oh. I feel so bad for him. That's horrible. I can't even imagine what that's like. I can't either. So he didn't even have a chance, you know? <sighs> yeah, right. 
Um, Augusta was Ed's only friend, even though she would verbally abuse him. Uh, he did whatever he could to try to please her, but she was never happy, and she would always like belittle him mm-hmm. and attack him. Uh, George was physically abusive to Henry, Ed, and Augusta, but Augusta was the one that was verbally abusive, but Ed was constantly seeking her mm-hmm. affection. Mm-hmm. So it's a class of abusive relationship yeah. situation. Yeah. She would tell Henry and Ed often that they were destined to become failures like their father. They would never count to anything. She would also call Ed weak or a sissy. Why have children if you if you hate them? Because it you was know? your destiny from God, you know? <sighs> like, I don't know. That's... Mm. This whole... It's a rough one. So it's so up. sad. I... I really feel bad for him. Yeah. And I know that people might give me hate for that, but I do. Yeah. I'm not saying what he did was right, but I feel bad for him. Yeah. There was also a rule in the home that no matter what, the boys were not to go into the slaughterhouse, which I mean, okay, like you're the worst parents ever, but thank you for making that a rule because mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. One day, however, Ed did stumble upon it. I don't know if he like was like, I'm going to go. Like, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know how it came to be if he was, like, doing chores and he just, like, walked by when the door – I don't know. But he witnessed his dad and mom slaughtering a pig, and it was the first time, apparently, that Ed ever had, like, a down-there moment. Oh, So he was, oh, like, no. aroused. Okay. I'm not sure if it was because, like – the act itself or because it was like so shocking or it was just like puberty was happening Uh around that time but because of that he correlated like arousal with his mom slaughtering Uh, so also like that's a child development is everything yeah so that's not a good time everything's going wrong everything's going wrong oh no okay um oh it gets worse i'm sorry (laughs) so i actually don't know very much about again so Okay, I'm sorry, ahead of time. Well, I feel bad for him, but do you know what he did? Once you start talking about it, it'll probably come back to me, but sorry. It's okay. It's okay. okay. So, another time when Ed was 12, he was in the bathtub and he had an erection, and his mom saw it and grabbed his genitals and said, This is the curse of man. Ew. So all these bad things. Nothing yeah. nothing here is good. Oh, God. So in 1940, when Ed was in his 30s, George died uh, because of heart failure, likely caused by being an alcoholic. And Augusta told the boys that he went to hell. <sighs> Ed okay. and Henry worked odd jobs here and there to, you know, support and make ends meet, typically as handymen. And sometimes, strangely enough, Ed would even babysit. Uh, okay. But he liked kids. He got along with kids really well. And he said that he could relate to them easier than adults. Oh. Okay. So while the town agreed that he was odd, he... He was harmless. Mm -hmm. You know, he, like, kept to himself, but he was 
when he was working jobs, he was always very reliable. He was honest and very dependable. Mm. In 1942, Ed was actually eligible for the draft and he traveled to Milwaukee for a health exam. And although he was like strong and relatively healthy, he ended up not passing the military health exam because he had a lazy eye. What? Okay. That breaks my heart. Yeah. Because it's like, he could have run away. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's not... I, I'm sure his life, everything would have... I bet everyone wishes that he made it in the military. Yeah. Uh, because things would have turned out differently, I'm sure. Who knows? But it was the furthest he'd ever traveled in his life and the furthest he would ever travel. Yeah. And I think it was the only time he was away from his mother. Eventually, Ed's brother, Henry, actually started to date a woman um, and was actually planning on living with her. She was actually a divorced mother, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So a little taboo uh, for the time and probably at least definitely for the mother. Mm -hmm. Um, But Henry was actually concerned about leaving Ed and he was concerned about Ed's attachment to Augusta. So Henry, for the first time, started being critical of their mother Mm -hmm. and their relationship. And I think he meant well, but Ed said he never forgot that moment because he was absolutely shocked that, like, anyone could ever say anything, Mm -hmm. like, bad about his mother. And he was very hurt by this. Not long after, Ed and Henry were out in the field burning some marsh when the fire got out of control ed ran away to put it out and by the time he did he had gotten dark and he couldn't find henry so he gathered up a search party and investigators found henry face down and he apparently died from inhaling smoke hmm Okay. So what was peculiar, though, upon further inspection, it seemed that there were bruises on Henry's head, Mm. leading some to think that he died before the fire. But, you know, some suspected Ed, but nothing ever came from it due to lack of evidence. And they also said, like, Ed didn't seem capable to do something like this. Mm -hmm. Um, And some believe that, you know, maybe he was trying to run from the fire and he like fell Mm -hmm. and hit his head Mm -hmm. who's to say but unfortunately he did pass away so something to note however is what struck people as on odd after the fact you know after they found out what else he did Mm -hmm. like looking back they're like oh well ed said he couldn't find henry but when the search was going on he like was able to lead everyone directly to him Mm. he was like "Hmm, coincidence Mm. so i don't know who's to say so now it's just ed and mother living at the farm but it wouldn't last long because in late 1944 augusta said that she was feeling faint and sickly and she went to the doctor and it turned out she had a small stroke oh wow so she was pretty much bedridden from that point and ed devoted himself to taking care of her he was at her side like hand and foot just trying to take care of him and he while he was sad for his mom he actually was looking forward to it because he thought you know maybe i can finally prove 
I'm worth something to her and maybe she'll finally, mm. you know, love me. Oh my God. That's so sad. It's so sad. And he took care of her. She took care of everything. He, you know, continued to work. However, shortly after she would have a second stroke and pass away. Mm. And Ed was absolutely devastated by her death. And in the words of author Harold Setchler, he said, Ed had lost his only friend and one true love, and he was absolutely alone in the world. Oh. Ed ended up never leaving home or dated any women. When his mother died, he boarded up her room and kept everything in pristine condition as kind of a memorial to her. Mm-hmm. And, but the rest of the home would become an abs- like be in shambles uh, and be in disarray and what people would probably consider now to be like a hoarder house, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a coping mechanism when someone has loss or grief. Everything... But his mother's room was chaotic, mm. and he would show up to work during his contract and jobs or handiwork, and people reported him starting to, like, deteriorate, like, not care about his appearance and mm. just, like, not being himself. So he basically, like, stopped caring. Yeah. In 1954, a woman who owned one of the local bars in town named Mary Hogan actually went missing one day. Oh, no. Police found a little bit of blood and a bullet casing, but they were not able to find, like, any traces of what happened. And then the next day after, you know, news broke out that she had been missing and what had been going on, some of Ed and his colleagues were talking about, you know, what they think happened or what was going on. And Ed said, oh, she's up at my house. What? People thought that was, like, a tasteless joke Uh because, you know, he didn't really understand social cues or whatever but like hindsight (laughs) (laughs) oh my god and then a few years later the owner of a local hardware store named bernice warden went missing on november 16th 1957 her son frank warden was a deputy sheriff and he reported her missing um so i guess the the sheriff sheriff is it like sheriff and then deputy sheriff? Right. I think so. So sheriff, sheriff. And <laughs> he was like, hey, like this is weird because the store had, the store was dark and locked like before closing. And he asked someone like from a store nearby and the person working there said, oh, like the store had been like that all day. Oh no. So when he went inside, he saw a trail of blood in the store and he said, he noticed that the last receipt that his mother had written, you know, before they mm. were printing, you had to oh write the receipt. <laughs> um, so the store copy said that it was for half a bottle or half gallon of antifreeze, and it was purchased by none other than Ed Gein. Oh, no. So Warden and the sheriff and some other policemen uh, went out to Gein's farm and Ed wasn't home, but they discovered a horrific scene, and this is where the warning comes in. Okay. Okay? okay. So brace I'm yourself. I'm ready. I'm bracing. Don't eat. Um, okay. I'm not. Skip ahead. I don't, I don't know, but I'm sorry. Okay? Okay. So back in the day, homes would have something called a summer kitchen. Do you know what those are? No. Okay. So they're a kitchen that is 
either in a separate wing from a live-in area or sometimes even detached. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. To help keep the house cool in the summer, which mm-hmm. is smart. Makes sense. So in Ed's summer kitchen, which was a detached one, they found Bernice. Okay. 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 Uh, she had been decapitated. Mm-hmm. She was hanging upside down with a, a crossbar at her ankles, and she was gutted and, quote, dressed like a deer for skinning. Oh. Her head was found in a burlap sack uh, nearby her body, and her heart was in a plastic bag near the stove. One of the police officers threw up on site. I would, too. Jeez Louise. And keep in mind, um, one of them, that was his mother. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, so oh my God. Um, here's... Oh, God. So, you know, they look in the house and they realize there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. Mm. So I'm just going to list everything that they found okay. to rip it off All like right. a Band-Aid. Go for it. They found whole human bones and fragments. They found a wastebasket made of human skin. Oh, it's this guy. It's this guy. Okay. It's this guy. This guy. They found human skin covering several chair seats. So he would upholster. He reupholstered his he, chair seats with human skin? With, with faces. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? With faces? <laughs> yeah. That's... Oh, Elizabeth, I'm I don't sorry. even know what to say. I don't even. I don't. Mm, I don't even know what to say. He's crafty with faces. I mean, human skin, of course, is just bad on its own. But should with yeah. Wait, okay. 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 All right. Okay. Gonna there. Uh, there, were, <laughs> there were skulls on his bedpost. Um. There were just hanging out. Just d- like you know, like. A four-poster, and, yeah, yeah. like, each one just, had a skull just hanging out. Oh, my um, God. He uh, – there were female skulls with the tops uh, sawn off, and he actually made kitchen utensils and bowls out of human skulls or, like, spoons and stuff out of bones. Crafty. So he would make bowls out of human skulls. Um. Okay. 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 He made a – corset from a female torso skin from shoulders to waist so he like took the outside layer of a uh-huh. woman's body and uh-huh. made a corset from shoulders to waist uh, uh-huh okay. uh-huh <laughs> including the boobs uh oh this is re- triggering a memory of someone telling me about this okay, okay. 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 Because you went somewhere. Are you? Are you okay? I'm. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Okay. No, I was just trying to remember because I was like, oh wait, that sounds familiar. Okay. Maybe it was you. I don't know. Um, could have been. Leggings made from human skin. Really? Yeah. Oh God. Also, face masks, um, made from the skin of female heads. So, if you've ever seen that op- uh, episode of The Office where oh, Dwight yeah, yeah. does CPR, basically that. Oh but my with, God. with human faces or like if you've ever done one of those paper masks yeah. where it's like it's like that and he but would like, like what's the point of that even he would wear them just like alone in his house yeah i mean uh, i I'll guess you can't it. wear them outside okay sorry they would have caught him they would have caught him but <laughs> oh, what are you, what's on your face ed um they oh. found mary hogan i mean they found her face 
Where was it? In a paper bag. Just her face. Just her face. So maybe you'll get to this, but like, so would he like tan the skin and stuff so it wouldn't decompose? I believe, yeah. Like preserving it like leather kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Yeah. As mentioned, Bernice's head was in a burlap sack and her heart weighs in front of the pot belly stove. This one's my least favorite. Okay. Let's get it over with. Nine vulva in a shoebox. Nine. In a, in a shoe. In a shoebox. Shoe Just hang. This is giving me, like, I, I can't even tally. It's queasy. I can't tally how many people he's killed with all this stuff. Nine. Okay. Uh, um, oh, okay. Um, a belt made from female human nipples like an entire belt okay this is this is the thing that someone told me about the nipple belt. nipples okay four noses and apparently he would like they were like artwork like he nailed them to the wall four noses and a cute little gallery wall creative <laughs> i've heard if these walls have ears but that was so good. Sorry. These walls could smell. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I'm I'm just uh, I'm trying to make it light. I'm and sorry, I'm almost yeah. done. Okay. Um. Okay. A pair of lips on a window shade drawstring. So like you know the window shade drawstring would As have like, lips. Like to yeah attach yeah oh to click click you know mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um so there was that naturally and uh, a lampshade made from the skin of a human face. What's with the faces on everything? My God. uh, And then the last thing, uh, fingernails from the female fingers. Okay. Okay. I hate that. So, again, horrific. That's... And this is real. Like, this happened. Oh, my God. So, all together, police found the remains of anywhere from 10 to 15 different women, and it took a week to search the entire farm. Oh, my God. There, so the thing is, when you asked about like, you know, the, the corset and the leggings and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. he made like a suit sewn together from the different pieces of skin, including the breasts like of one woman. So he could wear a, the suit and essentially become his mother. Like he thought that by doing oh this, he would be like, he wanted to be a woman or like he wanted to be like his mother or because she hated women so much he essentially was thinking like i'm doing this to please my mother wow she Uh, really fucked him up well yeah um so ed was arrested (laughs) (laughs) i'm good i'm I'm glad to hear that (laughs) and um at first he didn't talk but he did admit that he killed mary and bernice Mm mm-hmm but he said those were the only two. Mm, okay. Here's the thing, though. So both women were middle-aged and had a eerily similar resemblance to his mother. Oh, my God. And Ed confessed, like, those are the only two I killed because he would dig up bodies in cemeteries. And that's where all the others came from. And he... From 1947 to 1952, what he would do 
is he would read obituaries and dig up any middle-aged women that reminded him of his mother. There was also a rumor. Um, I think I heard this on one of the podcasts I listened to or either a documentary I watched, but there was a rumor that he even would dig up his mother and hold her sometimes. I could, I, mm. And he also said that he made at least 40 trips at night to dig up graves, like over the course of oh however many years. And after his mother died, like the reason he was creating the suit was to try to become his mother. I wonder, like, I mean, Freud would have a field day oh with my, this. Oh my, seriously, but... <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. Like, I wonder if, because it's kind of talking about how he's like obsessed with his mother, but I wonder if he also like hated her. Oh, I'm sure he did. And, and that's why he's like doing this both because he loves her and he hates her. So he's like killing people. Like, well, I don't know. Well, that's what I, I think because she was so abusive to him mm. and all he wanted was her affection. Yeah. And, you know, he wasn't allowed to talk to women. Like, mm. I, I think maybe he might have wanted, like, he could have essentially been like a early transvestite in the mm. sense that he like wanted to be a woman but he didn't know what he was feeling mm. i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know because he wasn't allowed to like explore anything or talk mm. to like like he was confused about his gender identity i think something. so mm-hmm. um or you know he hated his mother but she like he was believed that she was like this this wonderful woman like he was very mixed signals and he didn't know how to process it mm-hmm. so I don't know, but okay. I, I think you're completely right. Ooh. So although he confessed to killing Mary and Bernice at his trial, he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity in January of 1958. And this is one of the rare cases where he was actually like, yeah, like you are insane. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm insane. And it's like, right. no, that's not an excuse. Like you're just an asshole. Yeah. Like. But no, obviously something was wrong. I can understand why Um, (laughs) this might work. Right. So um, later, so he was sent to Central State Hospital for the insane, you know, different time, different Mm -hmm. word in. And then he was later transferred to Mendota State Hospital in Madison, Wisconsin. As for his home, it was actually going to be auctioned, but the town decided to have a bonfire that night before and the house burned down because they were like no Mm, good they didn't yeah because thousands of people because you know people are wild like remember the hinterkaifeck murders like people would just go to the house so like they don't want thousands of people yeah thousands of people went so the town burned it down like nothing ever happened Mm. the police were probably you know there too yeah right i would do that too when ed was told about it he actually shrugged and he said just as well like "Hmm, all right okay Ten years after he, the initial trial, he was actually deemed fit to stand trial, and he was found guilty, but insane. So basically, didn't like do anything because mm-hmm. he was still sent to live his life in a mental hospital. Mm-hmm. He was a model inmate. You know, he did his chores. He he was very friendly, very polite, and you know, basically made no news after that because he was just mm. like, I guess it was one of those sad cases where he was better off in prison right i mean it was probably the first time he was kind of free yeah 
exactly not not saying not condoning that at all just you know but like you know people were talking to him and trying to like figure i don't know but um he passed away in 1984 from cancer and he was buried at plainfield cemetery between his brother and mother he actually does not have a headstone because when he did people kept breaking off chips of it to keep it as a souvenir (laughs) And then in 2000 or 2001, it was actually entirely stolen, and it was found oh. in Seattle, <laughs> of all places. Uh, okay. um, so now they keep it in storage. So if you go to the, the cemetery, like, there's no headstone, but you mm-hmm. can tell where he is because it's like the family and one's missing. Yeah. His 1949 Ford sedan was auctioned off for $750, which in today's money is about 7000 And it was a carnival sideshow where the owner of this the carnival would charge $0.25 cents to see it. And then other items were eventually auctioned off, and one of Ed's items his cauldron would eventually make its way to zach bagan's museum uh, uh, zach. um so you know it is horrendous what he did mm-hmm. um he says that half the time he wasn't even like aware of like what he was like that's terrifying he said uh the reason he killed mary was because she looked exactly like his mother but they were polar opposites because Mary was kind of like a loud, rowdy woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like he like the complete opposite. So I yeah. think that triggered something. And he said that he was a regular at the bar. And one night he just, you know, stayed at closing time where it was only them and he killed her. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until a couple years later when I'm not sure if he was fond of Bernice or anything. Like some articles said that, you know, he would try talking to her and, and something. And then he says that he he couldn't even, he says he doesn't even remember if like killing her was an accident or intentional because oh my God. there was like guns at the hardware store and he was uh-huh. looking at one and it like went off. Oh my God. And he said sometimes he would be like in a trance when he was at the cemeteries and uh-huh. he would like, essentially not remember like get in there so he was diagnosed with schizophrenia Uh and you know it it's just incredibly unfortunate for everyone right um they when he said oh yeah i dug up like these bodies or whatever because they thought he murdered more people but Mm -hmm. there was like never any like you know, he had evidence of like all these bodies, but they actually like dug up some of the graves he said, and like it was true. Wow. So they were like, oh, you know. So he says, until the day he died, he only killed the two, uh-huh. and the rest of them he he had dug up. And yeah. sometimes he would go to the cemetery and not do anything. Sometimes he would, you know, bury up bodies. It it's hard to say, but it happened uh-huh. over the course of several years. But the town even to this day, is very small. It has less than, like, 900 people in it. Oh, my gosh. The house is not there. You know, the property has do not disturb areas. Mm. Uh, do not disturb. My God. Like, what is it? No trespassing. No <laughs> trespassing. And that is 
you know, it's it's so sad. Like I I yeah. feel bad because he had a horrible childhood. I'm not saying like I said, I'm yeah. not saying what he did was right, but holy cow. No, I feel the same. Like yeah. of course, I don't think what he I mean, he did awful things and that's horrifying. But I feel I do feel I sad feel bad for, for him, him, yeah. As well and the victims as well. Yeah. Anyway, um wow. but yeah, he inspired a lot of famous you know, horror movies. Yeah. Like I said, Psycho, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Silence of the Lambs. So. Wow. I wonder if it scared him when he, like, couldn't remember what he did. I'm sure, you know? Yeah, like, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. That's, like, I, yeah. I mean, who? Who? Yeah. yeah. It's, um. Do you know what happened to his skin furniture? <laughs> they took photos like evident wait there's one article uh, i had pulled up um do you want to see some pictures or no not really it's okay if you don't want to not right now okay maybe tomorrow in the daylight sure. yeah um is it like really bad um it's like it's unsettling not gonna lie mm. you know because when you look at it you may not know and then when you know it's like yeah show me tomorrow yeah okay okay Hold that thought. So they were photographed at a crime lab, and then they were properly destroyed. So okay. nothing would. That's so sad that these bodies, you know, yeah. whoever they belonged to, couldn't really be at rest. I think maybe like if there was specific things that could be tied back, maybe they were reburied. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe they got rest when they found out what. Yeah, what happened? And- I think at least the good thing is. You know, none of the items that are of actual body parts remain. Mm-hmm. So it's not like those are on display. Okay. The only thing on display is the cauldron mm-hmm. that he had. And it was also said that, you know, some people try to say that he was a cannibal and some people try to say he would have sex with the bodies, but mm-hmm. he said that was not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it is. Yeah. Just because that doesn't line up with other things. And he said that, like, when he was asked about if he had sex with the bodies, he said, no, they smelled too bad. Ew. But, like, no. And he said he died a virgin. And he did not eat. I think, like, there's a correlation. Like, oh, he ate it because, like, there was stuff found, like, on the stove and, Mm -hmm. like, whatever. But I think it was just to clean it out. Okay. I really really don't think he ate it. But Mm -hmm. what do I know? Yeah. Anyway, but I'm glad, like, to the point of, you know, the lampshade or you can't find mm-hmm. the suit. Like, it was it was properly discarded in whatever way. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. So I'm just glad, like, you can't go see it anywhere. Yeah. Cause it's, oh, my God. That would be horrible. Because that would not let the, the people rest, right. you know. Yeah. So it's only, like, inanimate objects, mm-hmm. I guess. So. Okay. Gotcha. Mm. Really not a good wow. time. Um, okay. And Thank you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm not one to do like gore and whatever, but yeah. I thought for Halloween, I was like, well, it's three Halloween movies. And then I started <laughs> looking into it. I'm like, I'm so sorry. No, that I, that was actually really interesting. I learned a lot. I, didn't... I try to focus more on like his childhood and development yeah. rather than like he was this, like I didn't want a shock factor in yeah. terms of like, oh my God, like he did this. Like I'm just, yeah. I didn't want to really frame it that way. 
Yeah. Because I'm very into like the psychology and the child development is very important and it, mm. it is sad. And I'm not trying yeah. to like defend him in the sense that I think what he did was okay because mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. But he wasn't given a, a chance. Right. He wasn't. Right. He was in a very abusive household. His mother mm. was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Not a good time. But my heart goes out to, you know, the victim's families. If mm. if there is any, you know, it's a small town. I'm sure some people know someone in the mm-hmm. cemetery. I don't know. But yeah, it's um, it's really sad. And I'm sorry to Mary and Bernice. And ugh. yeah, oh, my God. I'm sorry to ugh. <sighs> anyway. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Thanks for joining us. Uh, let me see. Ed was born in... He was a Leo? No. Let me read his horoscope. Okay. He's a Virgo. Mm. The Virgin. It's a good time to aim yourself in the direction of your dreams. Make the most of the happy time together. You're an optimistic individual, and that keeps you going through all your hardships in life. <laughs> You are systematic, organized, and do not take family for granted. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Your emotions can have ups and downs, but you can easily balance those and focus on your work. Ah. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is too on the nose. This is, oh, my this God. This is too on the nose. By keeping your cool and composed attitude, you can achieve your targets. A lot of investments Ooh. in emotions is not something you can afford right now. While most people will have be very warm to towards you you may not like the approach of a couple of people but this should not be your focus everyone knows that you love to travel but this is not the time oh that was that was weird that was weird that no, was weird. no hate to virgos virgos are great but, yeah um, but in ooh, regards to ed that was very that was very that yeah, was creepy that was precise. okay well hmm. let's wrap this up okay happy halloween everyone happy halloween i hope you stayed safe and had a really happy one and we're said spooky season's over but thanks for being here with us yeah thank you i as always would love we would love, I'm sorry, I was being selfish. <laughs> we would love to thank the artists that have helped us. Our music is composed by Colin Whitlish and music production is by Justin Doom. And our cover art is by Erica Chase. Would you like to tell them where to find us? You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Insomnia Report. Send us an email at theinsomniareport at gmail.com. Send us your ideas for future episodes. Send us your own personal stories that we can read in a listener episode. And yeah, or just say hi. Yeah, anything. And if you feel so inclined, feel free to like, share, and subscribe. Your ratings really mean a lot to us. It really makes our day. We do a cute little happy dance. Yes. And as always, we really appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, see you <laughs> I don't know what that was we'll see you at episode 52 and stay sleepy and spooky good night good night <laughs>